Father God, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the word that you have uh, prepared, oh God, to share it with your people. Father, I pray, God, it will change our hearts, change our lives, oh Father. And Father, Lord, it will bring about what you desire from us, oh Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, good to see you all. And I'm so glad that we all could join today. And how are you guys doing? Good? Amen. Praise God. Okay, wonderful. So let's get into the word. Okay, so uh, have you ever wondered uh, why Israel, uh, even though they are the chosen uh, people of God, the scripture says that uh, they are the uh, ones who, who have been chosen by God. And, uh, and then God allows them to be captured uh, every now and then by their enemy nation. Right? Uh, they, the, the Persian kings come in, they capture them. The Egyptians, they uh, capture them. So different kingdoms and kings, they capture this nation. And we wonder why is that happening? And on the uh, and at the same time, God says that He is a good God, right? So, if He is a good God and if He is a good Father, then why does He allow those nations, the enemies of His chosen people, to capture them? Why does He allow that? And uh, if we have to see this from the eyes of an Israelite, eyes of the nation Israel, then we would think and we would say, hey, isn't that true? Uh, he, he says that he's a good God, but look at us now. Every now and then we have been taken captives from our nation, taken to another nation, and then we return back. And then again, we have, been, we have been taken to another nation, a foreign land, an alien land. And there we are treated as slaves. We are treated as second-class citizens. And we see this often in the scripture. And they, and they might also think about it like that, that uh, God is not a good God. And many times we even now can think about God the same, that God is not a good God. God is not the person who he says to be. But now if we have to shift our perspective from looking at God from the eyes of an Israelite or the person that we are right now on earth to the perspective that he has, then we know we will have a different perspective. We will have a different perspective. Right? So, the reason why God allows certain things to happen is because God wants us to, wants us to be protected. And that's the reason why that happened. Israel was taken to a nation. The, the Lord wanted them to be protected. See, in the book of... Um, Genesis, we read about Sodom and Gomorrah. What happens there? When the wickedness increased, when people were utterly wicked, what did God do? God had to destroy that nation. Or God had to destroy all those people. 
Now that's what happens when wickedness increases in the land, when ungodliness, lawlessness is increasing in the land. They you see Sodom and Gomorrah, they practiced every kind of ungodliness, every kind of lawlessness. That even when the angels of the Lord visited their land, they wanted to sleep with them. That's how perverted they were in their thoughts, in their lifestyle full of ungodliness and then God had to wipe them, wipe out them all. So God in his goodness, he keeps us, he protects us. So that's the reason that God wants us to be protected. So how does one destroy oneself when they walk in rebellion? In all these chapters, in all these stories, we see that, that there is a rebellion that is happening against God. There is a uh, disobedience to the measure or to the uh, to the precepts of God, the commandment of God, and and they rebel against God, and that's the reason. So, how does this rebellion destroys uh, destroy us? See, God always convicts us to change our path, to wait, walk away from ungodliness, to lead a life that pleases Him. So what are the things that we can do, a, a person can do, or what are the things that Israel did that stopped them or stopped God from doing the intended pur purposes that he had for his people and even for us? Let's turn our Bible to the book of Romans, chapter 1, verses 28 to 32. Romans, chapter 1, verses 28 to 32. I'll read it for you. It says like this here. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, if you have a Bible with you or if you have uh, something or a notepad, something, just highlight this. They did not see fit. You can circle that word, fit, to acknowledge God any longer. Circle that word any longer. God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, their gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil. It's not even discoverers of evil. It is inventors, which is invention is something when you create something new. So there are few, there are evils which have not been discovered, which have not been, which we have not seen. So here we see the scripture is saying that they are inventors of evil. They are creating evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy unloving, unmerciful, and although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death. If you have a highlighter, you can, um, you can underline these two sentences. They know the ordinance of God. And that those who practice such things are worthy of death. 
that not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. They give approval to those who practice it. See, when someone willfully ignores God, when a person willfully, it is their intentional decision. They are saying that I'm going to do this. I don't care what God says. I don't care if he exists or not. I don't care if he is living, unliving, dead, whatever. I don't care about it. He's, he's taking away the the taking away God himself from their mind and, and just throwing him, throwing him out from their life. When somebody does that, it's a willful thing, right? And that person willfully ignores God, they lose the protection that he offers. So here we see that in the scripture, uh, verse 28, it says like this, and just as they did not fit, just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer. So here we see that it is an intentional thing. They are choosing for themselves that we don't need God anymore. When a person takes that decision, this is the outcome of it. God gave them a depraved mind, a wicked mind, a mind that is perverted, a mind that is lawless, a mind which is not uh, clean, a mind which is not renewed, a mind which is full of malice, a mind which is full of sin. And, uh, and here we sometimes wonder, why does God do that? Why does God do that? Why did he give them over? It says here that God gave them over to a depraved mind. So is it something that God does? Or is it something that we do and it comes as an outcome of it? See, it always happens from us. It, it comes as an outcome of our thing. I'll tell you why. See, God is a God who always um, uh, who always respects free will. He always respects free, free will individuality. But, and, uh, and all of us have been given this free will to choose or ignore him. He does not impose himself on us. If we had to impose himself on us, we would have been robbers and not human beings, right? We, we would if, we, if God had to impose himself on us, that without him, we would die, then the human race that we see, the sinful human race that we see today won't exist. So God does not him, uh, impose himself on anyone. He does not come and say, hey, this is... If, if you if you don't do this, you're dying immediately. Yes, in spiritual sense, that happens. But in literally, in, in the world that we see right now, it doesn't happen like that. Right? So God, uh, God gives us the free will. He gives us the choice whether to take him, whether to accept him, whether to walk in his ways or not. He is always giving us the freedom. And what is this protection that he offers? What is the protection? See, the protection that he offers to all of us is the 
whisperings of the Holy Spirit, the conviction that, uh, that we have when we go and commit some kind of sin. Every time we do something wrong, the Holy Spirit reminds us, hey, let's stop for a while and let's deliberate what we are about to do. Is it right? Is it good? Is it holy? Do we have to really do that? Is that good for you? How many of us have experienced it? Right? We all have every time we, uh, we commit some kind of wrong thing or when we are about to do something sinful, the Holy Spirit comes and says, hey, is that something right that you're planning to do? Is it something that will benefit somebody? Is it, uh, will it help in your spiritual walk? And all those stuff, the Holy Spirit comes and reminds us. Um, and he always nudges us to walk away from sin, always. Uh, so when a person ignores the nudging of the Holy Spirit, they ignore the protective measure that God offers. See, how many of us have given into sin because we couldn't resist the temptation? How many of us? Let me see. Right? We, have, we have all have given into sin. I've done that. Um, and I believe that all of us would have done at some part of our time, some part of our life. And, uh, uh, and how many times have we said to God, God, this is the last time that I'm going to do it and I'm not going to do it anymore. Right? How many times have we made that prayer? How many, have, how many times, have, even after saying that prayer, we have repeated that same line again and again? See, the issue is sometimes we can, we can, uh, we can just give up on our battle against sin when we are constantly barraged by temptation. See, temptation happens when we allow ourselves to uh, be tempted by it. Uh, it is not God who brings temptation; it is us. Like how Apostle James says, it is us when we give in to certain things, and then that thing just takes control of us. But Rajbai's temptation and uh, sinful thoughts, uh, this happens. We give up on that battle. See, how many times have we felt helpless uh, in battling with sin? How many times have we said, uh, I can't, I don't know if I'm going to overcome it. I don't know if I will ever win over the situation that I am in. I don't know if I would be able to... Uh, control what I'm doing right now? Will I be able to control the sinful nature in my life? See, the power of the sin is in its deception. It always deceives us. That's how it has power. It doesn't have other power otherwise. It deceives us into thinking. The first deception that the sin always does is that it, it comes to our life as something pleasurable, something that we would enjoy. You watch that and you get some kind of pleasure. You do a particular action, you do you get some kind of pleasure. So once that pleasure comes in and we get entertained by that pleasure, soon it takes over the role of master. It comes as somebody who is benevolent, somebody who is offering us something that is good, 
but eventually it becomes a tough master on us. And when it becomes the master, that's when we feel like giving up on a battle. That's when we feel like that I will never overcome this sinful life that I have, that I'm in. See, the good news is that you and I don't have to be submitted to sin. We don't have to be mastered by sin. If we can have those defense measures in our life, then we don't have to be under sin anymore. The sin cannot be a master over you. He is not your everlasting master. He will never become that master. Only when we are deceived. See, what is deception? Deception is something which is not real, right? Uh, it, it, it is, it, it, it's like that smoke uh, uh, and the smoke screen. It's not actually there. It's, it's something deceiving, right? Like how we have this deceptive ads. Uh, if you do this, uh, then you are going to have 1 million rupees in your bank account. It's deceptive. Uh, you're not going to get one million dollar. What you what will happen is that whatever you have left in the bank that will get wiped up. That is what happens if you go into get if you go into click that deceptive ad. Right. So it's deception. It's not actually wielding its power over you. It's actually the deception that we have that the power is already wielded over us. God has put all the necessary measures inside us to stop us from destroying ourselves. Remember the first time that we sinned, we had this really shameful and wretched kind of feeling, right? Have we had that when we, when we first sinned? Why did I even do that? What made me do that? And, uh, uh, the second time we repeated the same thing and, uh, we, felt, okay, the shamefulness is not as the same before it has decreased in its uh, degree. And then we keep repeating it. The first time we did it, we had shame. The second time, little shame. The third time, there is no more shame. And then we repeat it for a long, long time that it became a habit of our life. Like how Every day morning we wake up, the first thing that we do is we go to our bathroom and we take our toothbrush, put a paste on it, and we start brushing. Right? That's a, that, a habit. The first time we had to do it, we, our parents had to beat us. Their, our parents had to raise their voice. But then it became a habit in our life. And uh, then what do we do? Once this... Uh, sinful nature becomes a part of our life, we start defending that illicit behavior. We start defending that illicit behavior. And that's a big issue. That's a big problem. We have to stop defending it. See, the only way to come out of a sinful life is to admit that the thing that I'm doing is a sinful thing. It's something that is uh, that is that is disobeying 
the word of God, disobeying the commandment of God. When I admit it, that that is a sinful lifestyle that I have, that's a sinful nature I have, only then we can come out of it. If we don't do that, we'll continue in it. We'll, we'll take the pleasure again and we always think that, hey, this has become my lifestyle. I don't think I can come out of it. So admit it. That that's a sin. Uh, there was a particular thing that I did in my life and I felt that there was nothing wrong in it. But then the Holy Spirit had to remind me, hey, Vinil, I want you to admit that that is something that something wrong that you're doing against me. It's you're disobeying me. Admit that you are sinning. The, when I did that, that's when my breakthrough happened. That's when I walk in freedom. So we have to admit the measures of God will uh, will always keep us protected. The measure, the whatever things that God has put inside of us, it will always keep us protected. The reason why we feel violated. See, how many of us have felt violated in some part of our life? We felt violated, right? Uh, somebody did something against us. Somebody beat us and we felt we they have violated us, uh, they have harmed us, uh, they have did something wrong. Why do we feel that? Because of that protective measure that God has kept inside each one of us that reminds us, that tells us that something wrong has happened to me. Or if we do, if you are the abuser, if, if a person, if person does that, then that person gets the feeling that, hey, I did something wrong. And sometimes the reason why we are victimized by injustice, the reason why we feel victims of injustice was because of the measure that God put inside, the safety measure, the protective measure that God has put inside of us. And we have to, we have to guard that protective measure. Right? The scripture says like this, in Isaiah chapter 57 and verse 16. For I will not contend forever, nor will I always be angry. For the spirit would grow faint before me and the breath of those whom I have made. Here the Lord is speaking or about human beings, men and women that he created. And he says that I will not contend forever with them. So what does this word content mean? The word content in Hebrew comes from this word called yadon, spelled Y-A-D-O-W-N, yadon. I hope that's the way you pronounce it, uh, but we good that we don't have any Hebrew scholars here. So I'll get away with it. Right? So Yadon, it says like it, it, the Hebrew word for that is Yadon. So what does it mean to judge, to contend, to plead? And another meaning is that to plead a cause. To plead a cause. So what the Holy Spirit does inside of us is he pleads for holiness. He pleads us that don't walk in lawlessness. He pleads to us, hey, don't walk in sinful life. He pleads to us, 
get away, walk away from that wicked ways. He pleads to us. He, he judges every intentions of our heart. He judges every thought that is running in our mind. And he says that we have to leave certain things. So when God or when a man stops that nudging or when we deliberately push away God, he allows us to do what we want to do. Right? See, Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He would always tell us what to do, but he would never push us to do that. So the moment we ignore the Holy Spirit, he would say, okay, you do whatever you want. It is either God's will or it is our will. And when we choose to hold on to our will, what do we lose? What do we lose when we hold, our, hold on to our will? We lose the ability to uh, judge between good and evil. And that's what we are experiencing right now in our world, isn't it? The way the world is functioning right now, people have accepted and accepted what God called sinful. The lifestyle, certain lifestyle that, that is being glorified through media, certain uh, sinful ways that, has, that have been glorified in the world is because we have stopped listening to the nudge, to the whisper of the Holy Spirit. And it has become so normal now. A lifestyle that does not please God has become normal now. And that's what it says here, that the Spirit of God will not contend forever. Forever. Nor will I be always angry. So we have to ensure that the first time, see, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit is the key thing here. Being sensitive to what the Holy Spirit says is the key here. That we always have to listen and obey. Listen. Listen to the instructions completely. And obey every instruction that has been given to us. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, it says like this, but the Spirit explicitly says that in the later times, some will fall away from faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. By means of the by, by means of the hypocrisy of liars, seared in their own conscience as with the branding, I am. When we disregard the whispering of the Holy Spirit, this is what happened. We pay attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Well, think about it. When we are disobeying, when we are shifting our focus from God, from the word that he is asking us to follow, from the life that he is asking us to pursue, 
when we choose to ignore what god is offering us we pay attention to deceitful spirits as i said before sin is a deceiving master it's it's deceitful so here we see that once we switch our eyes away from the word of god we hear the words that are coming from the pits of hell it's a huge thing guys that will impact our life and that's the reason why we need to get acquainted with the word of god it keeps us away from sin it protects us from walking away from god if we if we don't uh, read our scriptures every day if we are not meditating on the word of god every day there is a high chance that we would pay attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons the precepts of demon the commandments of demons and the devil we have to walk in the way that the lord is asking us to do so let's understand what this word attention mean and this is very important listen to me very carefully in greek this word or attention the word that is used in greek is called pros uh pros ekontes pros ekontes p r o s e c e c h o n t e s pros ekontes so what does it mean what does it mean what does this word mean it means this to hold mind towards to hold mind towards apply oneself to adhere to so here when the scripture is saying like this when apostle paul is saying that paying attention when a person is paying attention this is what happens it a person is applying oneself into or adhering into the deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons and then a person's conscience is seared which means that their moral compass is compromised they are branded like uh, in the olden days i don't know if it happens right uh, if it happens now in our generation but i've heard it like this in the olden days horses were branded with iron so the word seared it means they were branded so you change from you change your identity from the child of god into a different identity so the moral compass when that moral compass is destroyed everything else is destroyed with it the reason why the uh, why does it exist if we don't have the moral compasses we would go out stealing pillaging harming someone the moral compasses what stops us and acts as a reminder from god that we need to value each other we need to value each other i need to value somebody else's property i need to value somebody else's boundary the reason is this 
the moral compass inside of us. And when we start paying attention to the de these deceitful spirit, it leads to insensitivity to the precepts and commands of God. So recently I watched this video uh, of an actress. Uh, she recently won an award or something, a Malayalam actress, uh, whose name I will just leave like that, uh, who said this, why do we need God? Why do we need a God who cannot stop evil? So what was she trying to communicate? She was trying to make this proposition that God is evil when he doesn't stop bad things from happening. God is evil when he doesn't stop bad things from happening. See, it is easy to blame God when we are not ready to take responsibility for what we do. God created a world that was good. He looked at his creation and said, it is good. What God created was good. It was our choice that destroyed the goodness of God. It was our choice that destroyed the goodness. Even now, God does not stop being good. He is always good. Even today, we have the choice to do good, to behave selflessly, to stop being cynical, to represent Christ in everything that we do. The responsibility is upon us whether we would reflect the goodness of God. Recently read about this, that Israel has uh, developed something called Iron Dome, right? To protect themselves from the threats of enemy nation. The Iron Dome is a mobile all-weather air defense system developed by Israel to intercept and destroy short-range rockets and ar artillery shells fired from short distances. The system detects rockets four to 70 kilometers away and will engage with interceptors to destroy targets in midair. See, we need to have our iron domes. We need to have that to keep us safe. The good news is that God has already created that iron dome inside all of us. So what is this iron dome that God has created us? created inside of us. The first thing is we have to treasure the word of God. When the word of God is, is inside of us, it, it acts as this iron dome. It protects us from sin. Psalms 119 and verse 11, it says like this, your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. When you treasure the word of God inside of you, when you allow yourself to be covered by the word of God, you're protecting yourself against every temptation. You're protecting yourself against every sin and its offers. Sin doesn't become pleasurable. The word of God becomes pleasure to us. And God himself is our delight. And the presence of God is something that we would enjoy when we treasure his words, when we give value to his word. What we have to do is that we have to make that word of God ours. It should be mine. I should read the word of God. And I should be able to 
I should be able to look at the word of God and compare it with compare it with the image that I have. The image that the word of God gives us is the image of Christ. The perfection. The completeness. That is what the word of God gives us. And when I look at the perfection, when I look at Jesus, and I, when I look at myself, where do I stand? How do I measure up with him? See, I'm not saying that we, we have to be perfect as we, I don't know if we can be like that. But I certainly believe that we can always, see, sin would always come to us and we are vulnerable. We are vulnerable to its attack at any time. But if we have the proper measures kept in our life, then it acts as a safety net. It acts like this iron dome. Whenever a missile comes, this thing goes and destroys the missile that is projected against you. Whenever the, whenever the enemy comes against you with, the, with his fiery darts, his, his weapons, the word of God which is inside you will always destroy the plans of the enemy. So when we compare ourselves with Christ, where do I stand? Am I reaching somewhere? Positionally, yes, we are. We are made righteous. Because now when God sees us, he sees Christ and not us. Positionally. But at the same time, it is our job, it is our responsibility that we sanctify ourselves, that we clean up ourselves every day, that we walk away from sin. And for that, I need a reminder inside of me. I need somebody telling me that the step that I'm going to take, the path that I'm getting into is wrong. And always somebody has to remind me, hey, how do you match up with Christ today? And if I allow the Holy Spirit, and the scripture says in Ephesians that, that the word of God is the sword of the spirit. The word of God is, the, is an offensive weapon. When the enemy comes against you, when he is attacking you, the word of God is the only offensive weapon that you have. So when the Holy Spirit is reminding me, hey, Vinal, be careful how you are living. Be careful about that thought. Let it not grow. Let, it, let us stop it right now itself. Let us not water it and make it a big tree. Let's cut it down. The Holy Spirit always reminds us of the word of God. And then walk with the Lord every day. Walk with the Lord every day. When Adam and Eve walked with God, the devil did not tempt them. You don't see in the scripture when Adam and Eve were walking with the Lord, the devil came to them and whispered. When did the devil come and visit them? Or when did they have their interaction? They had their interaction when Adam and Eve were alone. We have to be very careful when we are alone. We have to be particularly careful when 
when there is nobody around us. He looks out for that opportunity. When Christ was alone in that mountain, when he had nobody around him, that's when the devil went to him and tried to tempt him. So when we are alone, we have to be very careful. So that's the reason why we need to, we need to live in this awareness that we are in the presence of God. It is not just in heaven, but it is also on earth. That we have to walk in that awareness that, hey, right now, where I am sitting, that's the presence of God. The presence of God is with me. So can I sin? No. Can I walk in wickedness? No. It stops us. That awareness of God's presence, the intimacy that we have developed over years with God will stop us from committing any sin. Don't compromise your walk with God. Don't compromise. Don't let anybody, let, don't let any circumstance or situation compromise your walk with God. There's a story of four people, four Jewish youngsters in the book, book of Daniel. They're Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I'll just touch on their life. They were taken as captives from their homeland and they were taken to this new nation. And the, and the king in that nation has made this uh, announcement that I want youngsters who are intelligent, who are full of wisdom, who are looking good, all are, uh, if they have all these characteristics, I want them to be used in my office. And so... With the announcement, recruitment is made. People are coming in. So these four Jewish lads, they, they are in for this recruitment process. And while they are in, they, they showcase their uh, wisdom. They showcase their intelligence. And the, and the office, the king's office is impressed by them. And they are recruited to the work that the king wanted them to do. So they had to undergo a time of training. And training, the person who was supposed to take care of him, take care of these four boys or four youngsters, they come up to uh, him, to them and say, hey, guys, these are your menu. We have got shawai chicken, we have got KFC, we have got Domino's, and uh, we have got the best of... Persian land, you, you've got chicken biryani, you've got mutton biryani, uh, you, you got, you name it, you, you'll get it. But what does these youngsters do? The youngsters say that, hey, thank you so much for the offer, but we are not going to have anything that comes from you. Or, or we're not going to enjoy what you're offering. What we want is this. You give us some vegetables, we are going to be happy. And test us. Test us to see if we are uh, if we are doing well. If we are not doing well, yes, we will comply to what you are asking us to do. And the person says, okay, let me do that. And uh, they test him. And they see that these young people are still in good health. And then what happens? 
and when see, uh, I missed on this part, when they were recruited, their names were changed. Their names were in Daniel chapter 1 and verse 7, it says like this, then the commander of the officials assigned new names to them. And to Daniel, he assigned the name Belshazzar to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Even though their names were changed, their character didn't. They said, we don't want what your kingdom is offering. But we will always want what the Lord is commanding us to do. We will stick to what our God is saying. And we're choosing to ignore what we are offering, what you are offering. And that's something that we have to do. While in this world, we will be offered many things. It will come uh, before us and say, that, hey, look at this thing. It is so good for you. Sin would always come and knock at our door and say, hey, open, open your door so that I can come and I see the kind of pleasure that I have with me. If you take this, then your life is, go your life is going to become better. Take fame, take popularity, take, uh, do whatever you want, indulge in whatever you want, and then only you will enjoy life. That's what sin would offer us. That's what they were offered. They were given all these things that, that the, what the land had, the best the kingdom had, that's what was being offered to these four young people. And that's what is happening to us today as children of God. Even here, we are representatives of God. We are, we are here to reflect Christ. And in this place, guys, even though they change, their change our name, we shouldn't change our character. We shouldn't change our character. That's a protective measure that we, we need to have. That iron dome, the character that we need to protect. I don't care the decision. I don't care what the world is offering to me. But I'm, I've ensure, I'm making sure that I will not fall victim. I will not fall victim to your plans. To what you are offering to me. And then be the leader. Be the leader. In, when you read Daniel chapter 1 and uh, verses 8 to 13, um, you see that it is just Daniel who is taking up the decision. Right? It is Daniel had to make the decision. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're silent here. But Daniel says, we are not going to eat what you're offering. Be the leader. When people around you is not taking that strong step, you take the leadership. If no one is following you, even if nobody is, is there to take that decision with you, you take that decision. If everybody is walking in unholiness and if everybody is walking in sin and disobedience, you take that decision that I will walk in holiness. I will walk in obedience to God and everyone else will follow you. Everyone else will follow you. Be the leader. Take up the decision. Be ready to take the hard decision. 
and God will be with you in that fire. And by this time, these guys are officials of king's court. And uh, one day the king sees a dream. Daniel comes and, and tells him what the dream means. And then some people tell the king, hey king, why don't you make a image you had dream of? And the king, he goes ahead and he builds this huge idol of, or idol or image of the dream that he had. And then somebody comes in and says, hey, why don't you uh, tell everyone in your kingdom to worship this image? And the king says, hey, nah, that's a good idea. So I'll ask everybody to uh, follow me or, for, or I will ask everybody to worship this idol. And that proclamation is made in that land. But three people, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they don't bow down to this image. They don't, don't, they don't bow down to that image. So what happens? The king says, hey, take them, put them in fire. The fire was so hot that the people who were taking them to this fire got burnt and they died. But when they step in, they don't die. There is a fourth person in that fire. See, whatever tough situation that you are going to going through. Whatever difficulties that you are going through, whatever challenges that you are going through right now in your life, it might be like this fire that would burn everyone. But let me tell you that fire won't burn you because the Lord is with you. It says in Daniel chapter 3 and verse 25 like this, he said, look, I see four men loosed and walking about in the midst of fire without harm. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. They saw God in that fire. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 27. The satraps and the prefects, the governors and the kings, high officials gathered around and saw in regard to these men that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men. The fire did not have any effect on the bodies of these men, nor was their hair of their head singed, nor were their trousers damaged, nor had the smell of fire even come upon them. That's how God protects you. When you take that hard decision, even when the world is asking you compromise, even when the world is saying, bow down before me, and look at uh, and worship the image it is creating. The idol that the world is creating. And, and everybody is, is asked to bow down. We have to stand our ground and say, we will not bow down. We will not give in to what you are asking us to do. And when we do that, our testimony will transform a nation. If we want to influence the land that we are living right now, if we want to see a change in this land, 
your testimony is powerful to do that. When you stand for God, when you stand to walk in the ways of God, when you say that, Lord, I will walk with you no matter what, how much appealing this world is, your testimony will change that nation's destiny. Listen to this, Daniel chapter 3 and verse 29. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or tongue that speaks anything offensive against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses reduced to a rubbish heap. Inasmuch there is, there is no other God who is able to deliver in this way. That's the power of God. That's the power of God over your life. That's the, that's the safety measure that God is putting inside of you. That strength to stand for him. And when you stand in that strength, your testimony will be heard by people. And that's going to transform that land. And, and the king himself made that decree that from today onwards, no person will say anything offensive against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We are young. And if we choose to walk with the Lord, if we are ready to say that God, no matter what is happening around me, no matter how appealing this world is and what it is offering to me, I will stand for you. Your testimony will change this nation. Your testimony will change lives. You would influence people and you will see this nation and any nation or any place wherever you you, it can be a house. If you in your house, there is nobody else who is following God. There is nobody else who is following God. In your workplace, there is nobody else who is following God. In your community, there is no one else. In your, in your neighborhood, there is no one else who is walking with the Lord. But if you can walk with the Lord and you might be alone in that among that millions of people, among that thousands of people, among your family, you might be the only person who would stand for God, but that is enough for God to change everything else around you. If you can stand for God, it will change your family, it will change your community, the state, it will change the nation, it will transform the world, and God's kingdom would be established on earth. Amen. And that's what I want to challenge you guys with today, that let's walk with God. Let's not compromise. Let's not think, let's not behave like the kings of Israel. Let's not behave like the people of Israel, that when they were offered, they gave into what the sin was offering to them and they destroyed. They walked in rebellion against God. They walked away. They did not heed to the nudging of the Holy Spirit and they destroyed their life. We don't want to destroy our life. What we want to do is build our life. How do we build this life? We build by walking in the ways of God. We build by taking those hard decisions. We build our life by, by meditating on the word of God, being found in the word of God. And we build 
by building our character. Man, let's do that. And let me tell you guys, you will see an amazing transformation that will happen in everyone's life. Man, can we all bow down our head and look into the Lord. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Lord, I pray that, Lord, let it let the word sink deep inside our spirit. Let it sink deep inside our heart and let it bring that effective change that you want to see in us, oh God. And I pray, Father, for all these wonderful people who have heard me today and who have heard the word from you today. Father, I pray that, that the word, oh Father, will go deep inside, oh Father. And Lord, Lord, as your word says, oh Father, whenever you're word is sent out, it will never return to you without doing what it was intended to do. Lord, I pray that, Lord, it will change us in a, in a way that, oh, Father, Lord, that will make others wonder what did happen to them? What is happening to them? Lord, let there be that kind of change in our lives, oh, Father, that, Lord, we will reflect you in this world, oh, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, Father. I bless everyone who has joined in today. Thank you, Father, for your presence here in our life, oh, Father. We give you glory and honor in the name of Jesus, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.